This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And the man joining me remotely once again is Scott Chasen. I'm beginning to take it personally. Yeah, Fitz, look, Kansas wins a couple of games, a few games, actually, and now I get to go all diva. Um, Hopefully I'll be back next week, but maybe I'll be coming to you live from my yacht. It's kind of the upside down right now. KU's 3-0. KU's favored in a P5 game for the first time since 2009, I think it is. Wow, it's it's interesting. But, boy, it's going to be fun to talk about. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, coming off a big and dominant win over Missouri and preparing for a game at Oklahoma, Kansas State stumbled over Tulane on Saturday, losing 17-10. to 10. What went wrong for the Wildcats? Uh, the offense What is what went wrong for the Wildcats. It was rather ineffective outside of the second quarter when they scored their 10 points. And then they took the lead at halftime. You kind of thought they'd come out of the locker room and, and be more like themselves, and they weren't. They reverted to a fairly inept offense. Tulane was extremely well prepared and well coached for this game. Now, when I scouted Tulane leading up to the game, it was hard to tell what K-State was going to see because they had played two vastly inferior opponents and absolutely taken care of them. But I noted that they kind of were doing a Bill Snyder there, building confidence, getting good rhythm. And I knew this, Willie Fritz, a Kansas native, would have the Green Wave exceptionally prepared and well coached, and they were all of that and more. They were overall the better team on Saturday. This wasn't a fluke. Tulane deserved to win this game because Kansas State's offense is all out of sorts. And I don't know if it's the play calling of Colin Klein, the quarterbacking of Adrian Martinez, or something else going on there because the line didn't even function up to its normal standards. This offense just couldn't find any footing in the game. It's easy to blame the quarterback. It's easy to blame the offensive coordinator. uh, And I think we all have to a degree but it just didn't click. Nothing worked. And the biggest stat of the game is the fact that K 
Kansas State went two of 15 on third down conversions and one of five on fourth down conversions, consistently giving the ball back to the green wave in good territory, and the defense did its best to clean up the mess, but finally gave up a late touchdown. And then <clears throat> the game on the line, and Tulane facing a uh, fourth and one, they went for it right in front of their own end zone and converted, and that's how you win a football game. You line up and you say, you know what, we're tougher than you. Our quarterback's gonna sneak it for the one yard, which is something Kansas State opted not to do over and over with a big, strong quarterback named Adrian Martinez. I can't explain it, Scott. <clears throat> they better find themselves, gather themselves, and figure out who's going to be the best quarterback to lead this team, because Adrian Martinez, was way off. If you look at the stats, they're completely deceiving. He's timid, Scott. He's not throwing the ball down the field, and we'll get a lot more into that, I'm sure. Yeah, well, Fitz, this was the first time you really saw some things to be nervous about from Kansas State, and I know we'll talk about this. I'm just as interested in how they respond because you still saw it on defense. You still saw it at times on special teams, and you still know what is you know how good that team can be, but clearly something went wrong in that last game. Well, congratulations to Willie Fritz. He's one heck of a football coach and proved it once again. Well, Scott, Kansas did it again. The Jayhawks went on the road and hung 48 points on Houston. How is this Kansas offense continuing to be so explosive? Well, Fitz, it's a combination of black magic and a deal with the devil that I'm pretty sure some, someone is making good on. <laughs> no, look, um, it starts with quarterback play because what Jalen Daniels has done to start the year, like forget best quarterback in the Big 12, which he has been over the first three weeks of the season. He's been one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best players in all of college football. And that was a week after Dennis Dodd put him on his kind of makeshift week two Heisman list you know, all the Kansas offense does and goes out and puts up 48 for the third week in a row. You know, Fitz, this is starting to become a bit of a habit that defenses line up against Kansas. And because of Kansas's offensive versatility, because of the creativity of how they attack you and the creativity and the way Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, calls a game, they don't know what to do. And I thought it was fascinating. The moment that really encapsulated this to me was when there was a 70 minute weather delay. And here on your screens, the play that Kansas ran coming out of it. They brought Luke Grimm in motion all the way to the left, then brought him back to the right. He's uncovered. They get a touchdown the first play after a 70 minute stoppage. That just speaks to how good schematically Kansas has become. Again, you see Jalen Daniels over the top. That's Tory Lachlan, a guy who was brought in under David Beatty. The Les Miles staff couldn't figure out the way to use him. And now the Lance Leipold staff has figured out a way to use him. He had three touchdowns last season, gets one there. Kansas does so many things differently and create more creatively than you'll see around the nation, whether it's triple option, whether it's all this jet motion, whether it's going unbalanced, putting four guys on one side and only one receiver on the other and then moving everyone around. Uh, it keeps opposing defensive coordinators awake trying to figure out how to stop it. And they still haven't shown everything they're capable of to this point. Again, another example, if they had flipped the ball to Jason Bean on that play, instead of Jalen Daniels throwing it in for a touchdown, Jason Bean would have walked into the end zone the other way untouched. Defenses don't know what to do with Kansas right now. And Kansas is averaging over 50 points a game. Fitz, they scored 48 points and it lowered their scoring average. That's how good Kansas has been to start the year. Well, I think you can look around the state of Kansas right now and understand that you're Sadly, only as good as your quarterback play. KU's getting outstanding quarterback play, and it helps everyone. I mean, it just helps the defense also because they're on the field less and they're not playing from uh, behind all the time. It's, KU's fun to watch right now. 
it, it's unbelievable fits and bet the over would be my sports betting advice for Kansas games moving forward. But Fitz, big 12 play will be underway for most teams this week. Obviously Kansas previously based off against West Virginia, uh, which teams do you see as the top contenders in the conference going into the start of conference play? Well, I mean, I know it's hard to judge anything from playing Nebraska, but Oklahoma looked like uh, a different kind of Oklahoma. They were much more explosive on offense and good on defense. Uh, that combination has kind of been lacking for many years at Oklahoma. It seems like they're really good at one and not so good at the other. Brent Venables has them clicking. I still think Baylor's really good. I know they lost at BYU and BYU turned around and got whooped at Oregon, but I think Baylor will be fine going ahead. Oklahoma State also has good quarterback play. You're going to have to throw Kansas in that mix right now until someone proves that you can beat Kansas and essentially outscore them. Uh, I, I don't know uh, how else that's going to shake out. KU is, is proving it on the field. Uh, we, I, I think we all wanted to see what they'd do against Houston, and they took care of them. They even played from behind and took care of them. That was impressive. This conference is incredibly balanced. KU's only adding to the turmoil and the chaos of who can beat who on a week-in, week-out basis. But, Scott, I, I think uh, it's the old candidates, and unfortunately i got to remove Kansas State from that mix until they figure out what's going on with their offense. I, I can't trust Kansas State to be in the upper half of this conference right now, which is a, an amazing turn of events considering uh, they were 2-0, looking good coming into that two-lane game. But I will caution about totally writing them off. In 2020, they lost to Arkansas State, and then they went the next week and won at Oklahoma. So we've seen them have a, a sudden turnaround under Chris Kleiman, but uh, I got to see it again. I, I can't believe how poor that offense played. Yeah, well, it's OU is a good call. Baylor's a good call. And, and look, I think we're going to learn a lot from this Kansas State-Oklahoma game coming up. I think it'll tell us a lot about was this fluky? Were there signs of concern for Kansas State maybe that they've worked out? And conversely, is Oklahoma as good as Oklahoma has appeared to be? Because the Sooners have hit the ground running uh, honestly stronger than I even I thought they would. I, I was a little bit high on them, but I think they've looked even smoother and sharper than I thought early in the season. I think between OU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas State, you've got some really quality teams. I think that's still the top tier. I'll keep K-State in there, but I think we'll learn a lot this upcoming week. Yeah, I still want to see more from Texas. I, they, they struggled a little bit with UTSA. We'll see what they do when they get into the conference. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Last week's question was, how many games will Kansas, which is 2-0 at the time, win this season? You look at the results, B4 getting 42% fits you. Remarked before this that I think if people could vote again after this week, the answer might change. Mm-hmm. Five, 30%, six or more, 20%, two or three, 8%. Uh, Fitz, I think a bowl game is within reach for this team. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, it really is. And here's this week's question. Who is the best quarterback in the Big 12? Dylan Gabriel down at Oklahoma, Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State, Jalen Daniels at KU, or D. Other? I don't know where he plays, but Other sounds like a good guy. Vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Other plays at Nondescript University, and that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The segment of the the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Fitz, now that K-State has dropped the game, how has that reframed K-State season? What are the realistic expectations? Well, they need to climb back on their feet. There's no doubt about it. And going to Oklahoma is the least ideal scenario right now for the team. But as I said, they, they did this a couple years ago during the pandemic season. They lost a game at home to a, a team that they, everyone expected them to beat and went to Oklahoma and won. But with all that said, they still have to figure out this offense. And Adrian Martinez, um, I don't want to heap all the responsibility on him, uh, but he has shown some signs of being very uh, indecisive about what he wants to do. Uh, He has open receivers at times, he doesn't pull the trigger. He's throwing it out uh, to check downs quite a bit. And despite being so safe, he hasn't turned the ball over. Now keep in mind, we were told he was a turnover machine coming from Nebraska, and now he hasn't turned the ball over. And despite throwing those safer passes, he's currently at the lowest completion percentage of his college football career. He's got to play better. He's got to be more decisive. He's not even decisive when he turns up and runs. So cleaning up this offense is number one. But the defense has to stay the course. The defense is going to have to lead the way for this program for a while. And they can't strike out on special teams. Tulane did a marvelous job of neutralizing special teams, which is always a strength for Kansas State. They scored on special teams the first two games. They didn't this time. They lost by seven. It's easy math. So Kansas State has to function on all three levels. They can't have any part of the game not working for them. They have to pull it back together. And I think they will as the season progresses. But I think everyone now is really locked in on the quarterback play. The first two games, there were reasons we were told why he didn't throw the ball downfield. One was the game plan. The second was the weather. And then on Saturday, he just didn't want to do it, apparently. He threw one ball downfield, and it was a touchdown pass to his friend uh, Warner. So it's it's just really kind of uh, baffling right now what's going on at K-State with this offense. I think they'll pull it together, but I got to say this. Everyone was fired up, up about Colin Klein as... Uh, the play caller, we haven't seen the same dude that we saw at the bowl game. He's been pretty conservative so far, Scott. Yeah, and and Fitz, the one for me again, not to harp on a single play because there's a lot more that goes into it, but that option play at the end of the game where he has the pitch, again, indecisive was a good word because that it just seemed like he didn't quite know what he wanted to do there. K-State got stopped, and that ended up being a huge play. Yeah, it, 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 when you're in those fourth-and-one situations, you have to be really definitive. And, and just go for it. And he was hesitant all day long. It was just very strange. Well, Scott, Kansas is 3-0 for the first time since 2019. How has that changed the outlook for the rest of the season for the Jayhawks? Yeah, 2009, Fitz, 2009. Uh, it's no, been nine. a lot longer than I'm that. I'm sorry, I read it wrong, did I? <laughs> You're, you are all good. It's been a long time, though. That is my point to say that Kansas is not in this position a whole lot. In fact, 2019 was the last time that they were even challenging to win four, five, six games. Uh, look, the expectations of this season have totally changed because Kansas isn't just 3-0. Kansas is 3-0 with three home games coming up that are all very winnable. In fact, they'll be favored in one, maybe two, maybe three, depending on how this 
upcoming game against Duke goes. Fitz, everything has changed this year. And while it's year two for Lance Leipold, you really have to think about it as a year three, because you have to remember what the program was going through when Lance Leipold even took over in the first place. You know, Les Miles came in and, and his goal was to bring in high school talent to fix Kansas's numbers. And that 2020 season, again, that was the year before Lance Leipold, so we'll call it year negative one. Um, that year was a disaster. Kansas didn't win a game. Kansas was the youngest team in the nation. Kansas started three freshmen at times on the offensive line. Uh, Jalen Daniels was a 17-year-old freshman who wasn't ready to play in games yet. Uh, that was about as young as a Kansas team could possibly be, as young as a team can get. And then when Lance Leipold took over, it was kind of that first year of growth, which normally if a new head coach comes in, you'd be talking about year two, where Kansas at the end of the year started to show that progress. Well, now you're in year two of Lance Leipold, year three of this kind of complete teardown rebuild. And all these guys that Les Miles brought in three years ago, well, hey, they're juniors now. They've been in the program. They've been in the weight room. Jalen Daniels has been around. Devin Neal has been around. Kenny Logan has been around. LJ Arnold and Luke Grimm on the outside have been around. All these guys have grown through the program and they've become really good players. So look, Kansas gets a win over Duke to improve to 4-0 with Iowa State and TCU at home coming up. You could be talking about a 5-1 and one start, something like that for this team. And Kansas also has a friendly schedule to end the year, Fitz. Last three games at Texas Tech, Texas at home, at Kansas State. They will not be favored in any of those games, but all of them I would call winnable. Kansas has a legitimate path to actually winning six games, and it's pretty shocking considering where they were a couple of years ago. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And we knew Lance Leipold was a really good coach, but wow, uh, this has been impressive. But again, so much of this is because of Jalen Daniels and what he's brought to the team. Mm -hmm. He is something else. He really is. Absolutely. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Stepping away out of bounds to the NBA. I don't think we've ever done an NBA segment, Scott. Mm -hmm. Thanks for this. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, was suspended one year and received a $10 million fine, similar to the fine I get here at this show, after an investigation surrounding allegations of workplace misconduct. Huh, yeah, Scott, you know about that. What do you think of how the NBA handled this situation? Well, Fitz, this was a pretty crazy story that started with ESPN, who interviewed 70, 70, 70 current and former Sun staffers and wrote a huge feature just detailing allegations of misconduct, it included Robert Sarver, the owner of the Sun, saying the N-word multiple times in multiple years. It included sexist comments, it included him telling a female employee she couldn't do her job because she had a baby. He pantsed an employee, which again, he's the owner of the franchise. He exposed himself to an employee. I mean, Robert Sarver, in addition to being a cheap and a bad owner, has obviously had a long alleged you know, path here of workplace misconduct. And the NBA really did what it could. $10 million is the maximum fine that they're allowed to allege. But of course, there are a lot of calls to remove him as owner, including the minority owner of the Suns. Uh, one of the leading minority owners has called for his removal. PayPal, who's the jersey sponsor of the Suns, has said they will not renew if, if he is not removed. The Players Association has asked for him to be ousted. Um, Fitz, the thing that troubles me is that when the ESPN report came out, he called it completely baseless. And then the NBA, in explaining why he only got a one-year suspension, said he showed remorse. 
Uh, That obviously does not line up in any way, shape, or form. It's extremely disappointing. In some ways, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, can only do so much because the owners are really the ones who would have to oust another owner. But it's very disappointing, Fitz, especially from a league that prides itself on being on kind of that cutting edge of especially social justice issues. Um, This is a failing, and this is not a good thing for the league. And quite frankly, he has no place uh, belonging in the sport. He doesn't belong in business. He doesn't belong in public from the sounds of this. Very interesting yeah. stuff. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. And our fan question this week is, Scott, can we get college game day in Lawrence? That's from Amy in Lawrence. And they're going to, what, Florida, Tennessee instead. They don't love the Jayhawks. Yeah, unfortunately, Amy, the answer is no. Um, I think Kansas was hoping that Travis Goff, the athletic director, some of the staff members, players were even tweeting um, for game day to come to Lawrence. I thought it would be a lot of fun. Duke, Kansas, undefeated basketball schools, the quasi-champions classic. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no game day, but hey, maybe down the line. I wonder if they haven't gone to Appalachian State this week, if they would have kind of stayed off radar this week instead, or last week. I'm getting confused. But, yeah, they, they went back to the SEC. Nobody is shocked by that. Yeah, and won't be as fun, but remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. It's now time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Drafthouse. Meet your friends at Kites and the Drafthouse since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Uh, let's look at last week's results. It's in the script. i got to read this. The viewers went 1-2. and two. I went... And Scott went 3-0. and oh. I'm sorry, I didn't say it. I, I went. Mm, mm, mm. I, I'm, I'm two it was and a good seven, week, Scott. I'm two and it seven. It was a good week for me. It was not so good a week for you. But hey, I believe in you turning it around. You kicked my butt last year. I think it'll happen again. Oh my gosh, here we go. This week's mm-hmm. pick start with Duke at Kansas. Kansas is an eight and a half point favorite. This hasn't <laughs> happened since the 2009 season. I'm taking KU. I'm not going against him again. Fitz, this is crazy. I will actually go the other way. Too many points. Kansas is going to win this game, but eight and a half is too many. I think Kansas wins by like five or six, something in that range. And I am surprised by this line. K-State at Oklahoma. K-State is a 12 and a half point underdog. Can Oklahoma win by 13 or more? I say yes. The team I saw is going to lose by more than 13. Well, Fitz, we're switching roles here. I'm going to take K-State to actually cover this, so I'll go opposite you again. Yeah, I guess I'm the downer from the Kansas side of things this week. I'm sorry about that, Kansas fans. Our last game of the week is Baylor at Iowa State. Baylor's a one-and-a-half-point favorite in Ames. I like the Bears. I think they're undervalued here. Yeah, I, I would have thought the Bears would be a touchdown favorite. This surprises me. I'm going Baylor. Yep. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 
Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. Scott, take it away. Yeah, well, the Kansas turnaround has been a bit of a long time coming, as I kind of described in the last segment. But I want to go back to a game last year really quick. It's not the Texas game. It's, in fact, the Oklahoma game when Jason Bean was still quarterback, when Kansas slowed the tempo down, ran the ball effectively, frustrated Oklahoma. I mean, the power went out of the stadium at one point. That was the first real sign that this thing was working, that Kansas was making progress, that players were buying in, and that Kansas could turn things around. Think of where things are just about a year later. Kansas is a good football team, and it's pretty crazy. K-State fans feel a little bit bamboozled right now. They were told Adrian Martinez would come in and turn the ball over and make a lot of big plays and make a lot of mistakes. He's done none of that. He hasn't made big plays. He hasn't made mistakes. He's been gun-shy the entire time he's played quarterback three games now at Kansas State. We need Gamble and Adrian to come back because that's the one they wanted all along. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. Scott, we got an extra three seconds. I don't know how I did it. Uh, Maybe game day can come here even next week.